This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 KYNO. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. This hour is being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And our goal is to provide our listeners with some really good information about the real estate market, the local market, so that um, you you know how to win in this real estate game. Um, Today, to help me out, I've got a room full. I have Moy Correa of Lennar Title. Good morning, Moy. Good morning, Don. Nice to be here. Yeah, yeah, and I hope you say that after the show, too. (laughs) I I won't grill you too bad, you know, but title insurance is... uh, you guys are like the umpires in the real estate business. I guess you could say we're kind of like the neutral third party. We're, we're kind of, we handle the, sometimes it could be the boring aspect of it, and sometimes it's the exciting part of it. So yeah, we, we are uh, tasked with being the third neutral party in the real estate transaction. We are the ones that basically have to make sure that we can comply with all the instructions that are provided to us. And by instructions, you know, that's your purchase agreement and uh, any addendums or anything that's submitted to escrow as far as the terms of the transaction all right and we're going to get into a deep dive in fact i've i've asked moy to give us some of the gorier stories about uh, (laughs) some title insurance claims that have happened so uh, keep tuned in for the whole hour because there will be some good ones i'm sure Uh, all right we also here in the studio have another type of insurance casualty insurance and that is Madonna Uribe of AAA Insurance. Good morning. Good morning, Don and everyone. <laughs> All right. I'm glad you put in the everyone. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> All right. And we also have somebody that shares that same last name with you, Brandon Uribe of Villa Rio Estates Realty. You got it, Don. That's a tongue twister. Yeah. Thank you for having us again this morning. And we look forward to chatting it up about the market. You know, it is a tongue twister. And yet it's not really that that long. It's just a lot of syllables. Yeah, you are right. That's a conversation I need to have with my broker who's also my dad. <laughs> yeah, you better talk to him about that. Don's having a little bit yeah. of a hard time with this. Don couldn't really say it, but he practiced. He got it. He got it. That's right. I had to slow it down. <laughs> All right. It, and with uh, Brandon is a real estate broker here in town, also a director for the Fresno Association of Realtors, and um, got some questions for you too, um, other than insurance. One is, at this time of the show, usually I give market statistics that I pull from our local Fresno multiple listing service which the back engine support is from a company called Rapitoni. I understand Rapitoni is down for the last two or three days. That is correct, Don. Uh, Rapitoni has been down from what we know since Wednesday at 6 a.m. Rapitoni feeds our MLS, which feeds us all the information on properties. That is where all these outside sources, such as your Zillows, your Realtors, that's where they pull their information from. If Rapitoni's down, everyone else is down. Uh, so anything that you might see right now online is from, from it's gonna be from Wednesday morning, but there is nothing new because our system is still down. And based on the knowledge that we know, uh, we believe that it was a cyber attack. 
And so it's not only the Fresno Association of Realtors that has been affected. Um, I believe Bakersfield has been affected along with a few other associations in the Valley who also use Rapatoni as their MLS source. Actually, it's a nationwide thing. I know Cincinnati, Ohio wow. is a big user of Rapatoni. Uh, St. Petersburg, Florida. So, yeah, it's uh, this is affecting a few people. So, bouncing off that word, affecting, how is it affecting consumers out there um, to, to not have that totally up-to-date information? Well, consumers don't have access to the new properties that have hit the market. Consumers might not have access to the actual status of properties that were on the market before it crashed. Maybe a property was active, but in the one day, one or two days, the sellers decided to accept an offer and maybe now it's pending. So everybody has inaccurate information because it's days old now. And in this market that's still very hot, a property can be gone in one, two, three days. So the consumer doesn't have accurate information because our system is down. Neither do the outside sources. And that also plays an effect on title. You know, they're not going to have, you know, maybe some accurate information if they're trying to put a deal together. Obviously, insurance is kind of could be on a standstill unless something went into escrow prior to the, the system going down. So really, we're essentially at a standstill for now while Rapatoni tries to figure it out. And I know our association has been really, really good about updating, trying to give us new listings that have hit the market that agents send to our association um, by personal email with, with, with information. So we're doing our best to kind of acclimate with Rapatoni being down, but the Fresno Association has done a great job in an effort to, you know, give us the newest listings that have hit the market. From a positive standpoint, I got to say, I am very impressed that some real estate professionals have really stepped up and have become entrepreneurial or, or, or uh, thinking outside the box. And rather than sitting back and complaining, they're looking at ways, different ways to share their information with other real estate professionals. Yeah. Yeah. You're seeing it on social media. You're seeing agents still say, Hey, I have a listing coming up. They're sharing it with the association. The, the association is sharing it on their social media as well too, or via email. You know, we're getting four, five, six, seven emails from the association for new listings. So we're doing our best in an effort to still be able to give the clients upcoming listings or new listings to the market, although Rapatoni is working on getting everything situated. And just so you know, this doesn't happen every day or, or that often. I think the last time I saw it go down for more than one day was in 2009. Uh, prior to that, I remember something way back in the early 90s where it went down um, and that's technology for you you know it's not 100 percent yeah i think this is an example of you know it came from left field and you know cyber attack and we don't really have an idea but the good thing is that our association i know other associations are doing uh the same effort as far as trying to still provide the clients you know, new listings, and, you know, hopefully they can continue their home search in this hot market. Mm -hmm. So if I had to go out and show homes today and find some listings to show them, what would, what would I do? 
you'd have to pick up the phone and you know find find these properties that are you know maybe three four days old at this point reach out to the listing agent personally ask them if they've accepted an offer if they have not find out if you can go ahead and show it now with technology like you said we use a few different sources of electronic showing scheduling you know and now we can't use that so now it's I guess going old school, pick up the phone, call the agent. Is a property still available? Get information and try to show it. You know, old school's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it worked for a long, long time. <laughs> and it caused us to have our own random access memory, <laughs> our own RAM. We had to think of things. Yeah. Um, a couple of years ago, I was taking um, a trip across country and uh, I guess I must have ran out of data on my unlimited data plan. <laughs> so what it did is it slowed it way down. I was driving faster than my GPS could. <laughs> so I had to use my memory and look out the windshield and say, oh, there's the Grand Canyon. I must be in Arizona. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's amazing what we can do, and, and maybe this little challenge that we have right now is going to be good for us. Yeah, I think it's I think it's great. I, I personally like picking up the phone and talking to somebody. And in this market, you know, you want to get to know what's going on with the property. Scheduling online, you don't you don't make the connection with the other agent. You know, you might not make a connection with, um, you know, your buyer, your seller, if you can't really give them more information than you know the property was scheduled. So. I think picking up the phone is, is always a way that I've worked, but for a lot of agents, I think it's going to be a little bit new because if you're within five or six years old, I mean, of being a real estate agent, everything is technology now. And you really, some agents don't ever even have to pick up the phone and call the other side, right? But I don't really mind it as much. It It, it is... It is a little bit of a problem that the system's down because we don't have the most up-to-date information. However, like you said, if you want to find out about a property, you pick up the phone, you call the agent, and you inquire on it. And if it's still available, then you still have an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And this all reminds me of uh, something Charles Darwin said a few years back. And by the way, I did not get this off the internet. I got it from listening to teachers. And, and remembering it, and that is survival of the fittest. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this is a challenge for us, and, and some agents might freak out, and, oh my God, how am I gonna do my job? And others are gonna find a way. So, all right. Um, we're also gonna be talking about casualty insurance. So would you have loved to have been Rapatoni's insurance agent right now, Madonna? Um, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm sure that there's insurance for that because there's insurance for everything. There is. There is. So I'm sure that they'll, they'll figure it out and everything will be back to normal. All right. So. Well, you're an <laughs> optimistic person. Yes. <laughs> you know, Lloyds of London will cover just about anything, so yeah. I'm sure there's insurance for everything. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, <laughs> Hey, I just got my life insurance policy, um, and they re-rated it because mm -hmm. um, my 20-year term was up. They're, they're not giving me a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I mean, it, the, it went up exponentially. So it's all risk-based. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so you're a risk now. <laughs> yeah. You know, the problem is they don't know me. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Um, so what in, what's casualty insurance? So ca for property, is, of course, it's homes, rental properties, um, and then also covering vehicle insurance. So that's covering your primary assets. Um, so that's pretty much everything it would cover uh, for home insurance. So any properties, cars. Mm -hmm. All right. When we get back from our first commercial break, we're going to go more into insurance. We have two different I'll call you insurance agents here today. <laughs> Two different types of insurance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have title insurance that I've got some good questions on and then more on casualty insurance and how the real estate professionals use both. Yep. So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Back. Welcome home radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio with us on this cool Saturday morning is Brandon Uribe of Via Rio Estates Realty. Got it, Don. <laughs> Madonna Uribe of AAA Insurance. Hey, now, why can't you go to a simpler name like AAA? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like I said, talk to my dad, Don. Talk to my dad. <laughs> All right. And also Moises Correa of Lennar Title. And um, we... It, and, title insurance would be the more appropriate way Correct. to say this. Correct. So, Moy, um, tell us, what is title insurance? So, um, I'll give you a kind of a generic somewhat explanation of what title insurance is, but I did want to clarify right up front, though, that um, I am with Lennar Title Insurance and Escrow Services, not Lennar Home Builders, different entities. <laughs> okay. uh, so, the title insurance aspect of it. Uh, it is an insurance. It is a form of insurance, just like casualty insurance would be, just like you'd go to insure your vehicles and your homes and so forth. Uh, the difference is uh, one is more of a casualty type insurance, whereas our type of insurance uh, is more where we do risk elimination. So we do a lot of upfront work prior to issuing the title insurance to try and eliminate the potential risks that may be there by cleaning up the property, cleaning it up, making it free and clear of liens and taxes and encumbrances of that matter that could potentially flourish into a lien down the road after you acquired the property. So title insurance, we issue two forms of title insurance. We insure the consumer that is purchasing the property, and we also insure the lender that is um, putting a loan uh, as security on the property. And uh, the lender's policy is uh, typically an Alta lender's policy, and the owner's policy it used to be a CLTA owner's policy, a California land title. Now it's a, it's, a, it's a form of an ALTA, but it's still an owner's policy. Difference with our type of, ins of insurance and other insurances is for title insurance purposes, you pay the premium once when you purchase a property, and it's actually good for as long as you own the property. So when you go to sell it, it's not transferable. Correct. When you go to sell it, the new buyer will then uh, acquire their title insurance at that point. Which makes sense because I recently ran into a situation where somebody had owned the property about 10 years, but then they started doing all this estate planning and, you know, put it in so-and-so's name and so another uh, grandkid's name. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, some of those grandkids didn't have a clean record and they <laughs> had some liens against them. Yeah, so it's very important to remember if you own real estate uh, to be very careful when you're adding people to title uh, on your property. A lot of people don't realize that 
if you just randomly add people to the title on your property, you know, it could be a son, a daughter, it could be, um, you know, a friend or a, a new husband, a new spouse. And when you're adding people to title, if the person you added to title has any type of liens against them, such as IRS, state, um, child support, a uh, multitude of, of liens, uh, if you add them to title, those liens will attach to your property. And the only way to remove them is to get a release for them. That means that you either have to pay them off or um, litigate it to try and get, you know, a demand or release to remove those of record. Mm -hmm. Give us a few stories of some of the types of title issues that you've run into. So I, I've been in the business for a few years here, since probably the early 80s here. It's been a minute. Um, and I, I've come across a lot of different things. I will tell you the most common claim for a title company is taxes, uh, property taxes that were missed, that were not paid, that were unpaid. Um, that's typically the most common lien, fairly small, fairly easy to take care of. But one of the coverages that we offer as a title company that all title companies do for that matter, we're all similar and we all issue the same products. So one of the um, situations that we may run into, and it is a coverage, uh, is forgeries. So you may have somebody that forged your name on a deed, went down to the county and recorded it, and then they try to sell your property. If we are insuring the buyer and the person that is represented themselves as the seller brings a, executes a deed and it happens to be a forged deed, then we've insured the new buyer that they are the legal owners to the property and we have to make it good. And I've seen that happen on multiple occasions and the title company has made it good uh, by either suing or negotiating with the real seller to sell the property. There's a lot of different scenarios where it could happen. Forgery is one of the most common um, claims also that you see. It could be a, a forged power of attorney. It could be a forged deed. There's different ways for that to happen. They could have a fake ID, or they can be in cahoots with a notary public, perhaps, that is not uh, uh, acquiring all the appropriate information to notarize that signature. Um, there, there's a lot of different methods uh, for that to occur. I w I'm glad you brought that up about the notaries because I was going to say, how, how do you get forgeries since everything has to be notarized? Yeah. Everything has to be notarized, but the responsibility of the notary public is to confirm that they are one in the same. And just like the youngsters do when they try to get into a nightclub, any uh. <laughs> person can get a fake ID with a picture to match. Mm -hmm. And if we as notaries, because I am a notary public, if we do not do our due diligence to confirm that is a valid identification, then, you know, that's another avenue where, where that could happen, where they could strike. Um, uh, one example that just happened a couple of years back uh, as far as a title claim, uh, corporation, uh, there's a property, Northern California, that um, we got a request for title insurance for a loan that was going on the property. As a title insurer, we were asked to insure the new lender that their new recorded mortgage was a valid lien on the property, that it was executed properly, and that, um, and that there was no other liens against the property. We proceeded to do, um, or the company that was working on this one, it wasn't mine, proceeded to work on, on the title insurance, escrow closed. The owner of the property was a corporation. Come to find out the person that was representing himself as the president of the corpora corporation was not really the president of the corporation. 
So they walked out with um, proceeds on a $2 million loan. And then the new owner comes out of the woodwork and says, hey, uh, I'm getting notices of default and I never borrowed money on the property. So that had to be made good. And that is where title insurance comes into play. This particular case, the insured was the lender. So the title company had to make it right. They had to reimburse the lender for their funds that they dispersed. And they had to remove the invalid mortgage from the chain of title on public records. What advice would you give um, a, a parent who wants to do a little estate planning and maybe the, just the parents are on title now, but they want to add the children on title also as joint tenants with right of survivorship. So once one of them passes away, it automatically goes to the others. We, what would be your advice? You know, that was a real common practice, uh, you know, maybe 15, 20 years ago to add uh, your child as a co-joint tenant so that you would have survivorship to the property. But nowadays, I mean, the very first thing I do is I advise the clients, talk to your tax expert as far as potential tax consequences, and you might want to talk to an attorney as well. Uh, what I am seeing right now commonly, which is one of the best methods, is family trust. You create a family trust, your assets are protected, you don't have to go through a full probate, and then you can determine who your successors are going to be, who your beneficiaries are for that property. Is that... F um Using the family trust, is that something newer? Because I remember advice from way back where it was, it was just, hey, put it in as joint tenants. But now it seems like a family trust is the way to go. Family, so what changed? Yeah, they, they've been around for a while. Uh, I think what has probably changed is that the consumer is getting more educated now. Everybody in the industry, is, as far as the professionals, our, our job, we're getting to the point where we're getting uh, uh, more information and more knowledge. And also you've got a lot of tax laws that have changed too. So, um, you know, in, in the past, maybe you would have people that would have multiple properties that would utilize a trust. Uh, maybe it was a cost uh, measure that prohibited a lot of people from doing it. Uh, I know it's getting a lot more affordable to create trusts nowadays. There's a lot more options for that. And I think just in, in general, what I think has changed, a lot of the consumers are are getting a lot smarter and they're you know now with the uh, google and everything you can research a lot of stuff that you couldn't quite before and and a lot of people are realizing that um, utilizing a trust is one of the safest securest ways to do it because you're not actually putting a third party on title if you are going to leave the property to your children via a trust they are not technically on title until the original trustees or the original settlers are deceased which means that if they did have liens or judgments against their name, they're not attaching to the property. A trust is a separate entity, just like a corporation would be, or a partnership. Uh, so it's a separate entity in and of itself that um, is protected um, separately. So there's the answer to, you know, how do you add the kids on and not insult one of the kids by saying, hey, I need to do a title search on you <laughs> to make sure you're not bringing child support liens or, or tax exactly liens on there. It, it's a very tricky subject because you're asking kids you know and sometimes they're married and they might want to put the the son and the daughter and you're saying well, do they have any liens and you know it kind of keeps the family <laughs> in, in good standing with everybody when you're utilizing a trust okay then that makes sense so now you create a new entity which is this family trust and 
uh, you would know that it has no liens on it because it's newly created. It's newly created. And, and the trust, the way it, typically the way they're set up is originally if it's mom and pops, they're the original trustees, meaning that they can execute anything on behalf of the trust. They are in charge of the trust. And you appoint successor trustees just in case something happens to one of those, then the, the second person or third will be the next trustee in line that will be the one responsible for executing documents on behalf of the trust. Mm -hmm. All right, interesting. So um, that's a lot about title insurance. And when we get back uh, from this next commercial break, we're gonna talk about another type of insurance, and that would be PNC. Mm -hmm. That's the way you exactly. call it, Madonna. <laughs> All right, stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. I'm proud of the house we built. It's stronger than sticks, stones, and steel. It's not a big place. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio, we have Brandon Uribe, Madonna Uribe, and Moises Correa. Um, and we've got two different types of insurance, and we have a realtor and a uh, director with the Fresno Association of Realtors in Brandon here. So um, it's a packed show today. So, boy, I'm going to have a lot of questions during this segment on insurance because insurance used to be a gimme. Uh, it's like that last hour before escrow closes. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, yeah, we better get some insurance on the house. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you call up, you get a quote. It's not that way anymore. What's no. going on, Madonna? Well, now I love it because um, they need us. So, <laughs> <laughs> so now instead of being the last call, I'm the first call. Um, so, yeah, home insurance um, and insurance in general is changing, especially in the market of California, especially in a lot of places. There's fires, you know, globally now. So there's a lot of things we have to worry about. Um, but, yeah, there's things that are changing. Um, but any with most home insurance companies, uh, we've been seeing a lot of things changing in the market. Laws are changing in California in the market. Um, now we have the California Fair Plan. That's a big part of it. Uh, rates are increasing, and I don't see rates stalling on that for a while. What is the California Fair Plan? So the California Fair Plan is, so home insurance is, if there's too many risks based on the zip code or the area and the fire zone, uh, you know, third party, of course, companies would decline to insure in that area. A lot of consumers were very upset, you know, if they lived in a certain area that there's no home insurance available for them. That's where California came um, up with the, maybe about three to five years ago, the California Fair Plan, because the state mm -hmm. had, to come, had to come up with a program to help fund and insure these properties that no one would. Okay, so it's like the insurance of last resort? Correct. <laughs> All right. So is it fair to say that, yes, you can always get insurance in it's, California? With the fair plan, it is fair to get home insurance on it. Will the price be fair? Not not very good. No. And the quality of it is not um, what I would recommend. If you have the option of um, insuring and having your property with home insurance, I would definitely do that. The fair plan does not include if your home catches fire, you have to live somewhere else for six months. Home insurance companies will technically cover that. 
um, fair plans. They will not cover your housing while your home's getting rebuilt. I think that's called loss of use. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah, loss of use coverage. Um, thank you for reading your <laughs> declaration page. Um, that's exactly right. So it doesn't include that. Or, you know, people don't take into effect where your home catches fire. You have to remove all that debris, all of that, um, all the materials that cost thousands of dollars. Fair plan does not include that or your personal items in the property. So there's a lot of things where that are not included on the fair plan. So if you are having buyers in an area that you know um, are having some problems with it, maybe get educated on the California Fair Plan with your local agent um, or get them with a good agent that you know can educate them on that. So here in our Central Valley, I would think the diff more difficult areas would be the foothills. It's actually changing. Um, if you live by, uh, depending on the insurance company and the provider you're going with, if you're going more towards Copper River, Harris Ranch, um, right on the right before you go to the foothills in Clovis, you're actually frying area. You're actually not insurable with most insurance carriers currently. So that's where you would have to go to the California Fair Plan. Exactly, and like I said, I would see if you're eligible for a carrier first. That's more that's local. If not, I would of course that would be your last resort. Um, also, if you're insuring in Madero Ranchos areas, not in the city because they are still putting a lot of uh, fire departments. Lo certain communities are still not eligible and if they are we have to find out when when the fire department's not coming up in record so that's another area too okay you touched on a, a big word that I, I like to get into and that is local what's mm -hmm. the advantage of having a local agent rather than a 1-800 number um so another great question don so <laughs> for insurance agents we have to get a our renewal education is every two years so laws are changing for us every two years we have to get relicensed or continuing education every two years for each license so therefore if you have a local agent you're informed on all the local laws that are changing also all the state laws that are changing and recently i was on a zoom call a couple months ago with actually our insurance commissioner for the state of California, who is Ricardo Lara. And um, he gave some insight, and that is unheard of for a California state-appointed insurance commissioner giving us information directly on a Zoom call. So it just helps you with the local because you're getting that information from somebody who's involved um, locally and knows that information. So, mm -hmm. What are the things that, on an insurance, let's say on a homeowner's policy, what are the components of it that are really important? Um, my main one that I would say now, of course, is the actual structure of the home. Um, I've been having even a lot of clients who sellers are selling their home, the cl my client is buying the home and we won't insure the home. And clients are saying, well, the home is has insurance now, why won't you insure the property? Well, there's a lot of things going wrong with the property, the roof, um, and I, clients want to buy homes as is because they want a home, but it's not insurable. So I would just say to make sure that the main thing is making sure the structure is covered and what your replacement cost is. So I don't want to get too detailed with it, but I will say that the main thing that I would say for me personally would be I would want to make sure my home is covered and what's the replacement cost. How much is the insurance company going to cover my home for if something happens to me? Materials go up. So there is... Um, something you can add on your policy 
that is called the extended replacement cost. That means if it goes over the amount, the insurance company is going to come in and cover the extended that it went over. You want to make sure that's on your policy. Materials go up. Things are unexpected for. So I would say, of course, the structure would be the main point. How about liability where maybe somebody trips over your sprinkler hole and breaks an ankle or mm -hmm. even outside the home or the property? Let's say you're golfing. Let's say Brandon's teeing off and uh, shanks one <laughs> and hits somebody. <laughs> so that's a, another great insurance question where I'm going to need this other insurance expert. <laughs> so earlier we touched on um, the liens on properties. So anytime I help a client that is a new homeowner, they usually have auto and we like to bundle that for extra discounts. Their auto coverage tends to be very low and I let them know that that you're a homeowner and you own this asset, we wanna make sure your liability has no, little, no minimum than at least half a million. That means I always use this great example. Somebody comes over to um, drop off mail, they trip over the water hose and they wanna sue. Amazon guy wants to sue me for liability, he can. That was my property, my water hose. So if he sues me, um, that's where I want to make sure I have that liability coverage. You want to make sure you have enough coverage because he might sue me and put a lien on my property. And that's where that's going to affect my title. So if I Right. Leave. Right. So that's where they kind of cross paths there. Um, if you don't have the proper coverage for liability insurance for uh, somebody getting hurt on your property and they sue you, they're going to get a judgment against you. That judgment will be recorded at the county records. And lo and behold, now you've got to lean against your property. And it's going to affect your marketability of the property because that would have to be paid <coughs> if you go to sell the property. If we go to do title insurance and, and, and you have a new buyer, then we would have to, at that point, um, find out what the balances are on that lien and pay it off through, through escrow. So that goes right back to your um, homeowners and your casualty insurance, liability insurance. Uh, I mean, everything in, in real estate, there's so many things that are tied into to your, you know, to your property and to the ability to be able to market it and sell it. So you're bringing out a really good point, Moy. So if you go to sell the property and all of a sudden there's this uh, $500,000 claim against you, um, now you've got 30 days to resolve that or lose your escrow. Um, so how do you know that there's a lien on your property so you can deal with that $500,000 before you go to sell it? So uh, the premise behind title insurance is it's all based on public record, public information. Title companies obtain all of their information from county recorded documents. And that's what sometimes people say, well, gosh, I don't understand. I'm paying, uh, you know, $2,000 for a policy of title insurance to insure me as the owner. Uh, why do I have to pay that premium? Well, it's pretty costly for a title company to do a title insurance, to do title, re uh, title reports. We literally have to look at every single recorded document in, in the county, and we have to see which properties they affect. And then we have to post it geographically to our computer system so that we can be able to extract that information to prepare a title report and a history and or chain of title for mm -hmm. that property. Um, so it, when, we are, when you first make an offer on a piece of property, gets accepted, then the escrow is opened, we start a title search on the property. We generate what's called a preliminary title report, and that title report will show anything against that property. It will show who the legal owner of record is. It will show any easements, covenants, and restrictions, any uh, secured instruments such as mortgages, loans, HELOCs, and it will also show any unsecured liens such as involuntary liens like judgments, 
lawsuits, federal tax liens, state tax liens. And when we are doing uh, the escrow or, or working through the transaction and those come up, we have to determine that um, that there's sufficient funds to pay those through the close of escrow. If you're selling a property for $300,000 and there's a $500,000 lien on there, well, obviously that's not going to add up. So either the escrow is not going to go through or the parties have to go and negotiate with that lien holder to see if they'll accept a partial payment to release the piece of property from, from that uh, particular litigation or that lien. Boy, after those last two answers, um, Brandon, aren't you happy just like I am that we're real estate brokers and the tough questions we get is, yep, that's granite. <laughs> <laughs> you are right. Yeah, there's definitely a lot more things to consider. I know on insurance, you know, Madonna will, will uh, you know, let me know I wasn't able to insure. And, and I'm even at times surprised, hey, you know, that's maybe towards the foothills, but, you know. I have a, a funny a, joke too a for few, our wedding. A few years ago, it would have been insurable. It would have been no questions asked. And now a buyer has to consider if they have to go fair plan, they are, from, from what I've seen, they are extremely expensive uh, in comparison to home insurance. And like Madonna mentioned, they don't cover nearly what a regular local home insurance is going to cover right so it's affected us and you know you'll have situations like Moy just said where a seller might not be able to sell that house if they pull a preliminary title report and then maybe they weren't aware that you know somebody came out and built a deck for them and they put a lien out against the property there was a discussion they weren't happy you never heard a peep and then you find out you have something that now you need to deal with prior to selling the house because you might not be able to sell the house because the numbers won't add up, right? So um, they definitely all intertwine, but you're right. We, yes, that's granite. No, that's not. And uh, we move on to the next house. <laughs> and what, what year was the home built? Yeah. Oh, I can get that for you right now. <laughs> that's right. Um, and Madonna had a funny joke. I do. Can you wait till after the commercial break? We can, yes, of course. All right. That means our listeners are going to have to wait, too. But we'll be right back from this next commercial break. Stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and we're having a good time today. A lot of information here. Um, but we have a really funny story coming up from Madonna Uribe of AAA insurance. So funny story is, um, so being an insurance agent, I did not want to get sued on my wedding day. <laughs> so when we planned our wedding, we had our wedding planner and we hired, of course, the wedding planner had a lot of different vendors come. So I made sure my wedding day had a million dollar policy because I didn't want someone to sue me on my wedding day on my day off. <laughs> so I had... <laughs> A policy. When your guard's down. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so if you are planning anything important and you do not want anyone to sue you or put a lien on your property for title, <laughs> make sure you get event insurance. So that's a funny uh, one. I was just going to ask, yes. what's that called? Event insurance. Event insurance. On your homeowner's policy, you can extend coverage with your local agent, depending on the company, for a day. So if you are hosting a dinner event at a hall and you are having just a dinner and you want to extend liability for renting that hall, you can extend coverage. There is some limited things on, they ask you a few underwriting questions, but you can extend it from your homeowners. How about so. bar fights? Probably not. That's where uh, maybe uh, one of these guys come in. 
All right. <laughs> this is just proof that here in America, there's insurance for anything, as long as yes. you're willing to pay for it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I want to go to th- this question now. And I'm going to ask each of you differently. Um, first of all, Brandon, who's a real estate broker, what are the things that you that a client should really be reading on their real estate, the purchase contract, whether they're a buyer or a seller? So that's a, it's a tough question because there are many, many things on, 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 on each of those <laughs> contracts that you need to, to be aware of. First and foremost, you want to be getting with a real estate agent that will go over the contract in full detail on the buying end or on the selling end. Me personally, I do in-office appointments if we need to do something over Zoom. I need to be in contact with the buyer directly, whether it's video or in person, so we can discuss all the factors. Purchase contracts, there's so many things. There's contingencies on your loan, there's contingencies on inspections, there's contingencies on appraisal, you have deposit amounts, you have your general loan information on the original purchase agreement, you have protections on there for you as the buyer. As the seller, you'll have instruction for responsibilities for what your buyer's agent should be doing or for what your seller's agent should be doing. Um, There are just so many factors on there. Uh, In going over either of these contracts, just make sure you get with a real estate agent that's going to take the time to explain this. You shouldn't be signing your first ever home purchase agreement or listing agreement via e-signature with no communication, an agent tells you sign it and we'll send it over. You don't know, you might be on the hook for your $5,000 deposit being lost because that that agent removed a contingency for inspections and you didn't know this. And you won't know this unless you meticulously read through 16 pages and more. Um, and, And then you can determine what could be at loss if this or if this happens. So uh, there are a lot of factors best thing you can do is get with an agent that's going to take the time to meet in person, explain them over the phone, go over them in great detail. And then now you know all the X factors to look for in both your purchase and your listing agreement. So with the click of a checkbox, you can lose your some of your rights. And some, if you have the right real estate agent helping you out, you're going to say, well, that's what I wanted. I wanted to make my offer more um, acceptable. For example, if you have 50% down, down payment, and you know that it's a, you feel it's a really good value, you may want to waive the appraisal contingency. But if you don't, if you have the minimum down, you better think twice before you do that. Yeah, you are right. And, and if you, and if a, a box is checked and you now unprotect yourself from that specific item, then you've already given up that right to back out and retain a deposit because you maybe checked a box that said, I'm not doing any requests for inspections. Well, now you're on the hook for that. And guess what? You might have just given up your $5,000 deposit because you had no idea that a couple boxes were checked and you signed a few things. So it goes back to what you said. It's very, very important. There are, there are minor things that are in the contracts that could put you as a buyer on the hook for a lot of money or for a lot of stress. And so getting with the right agent that can explain this. And like you said, if you're a buyer, 
you go over things and you and your client go over all the factors in checking a box and because you, you have a down payment or because the property you went over it and you said you know what we want it as is it, it really doesn't matter there's value in it for us well you've established that prior to submitting an offer you shouldn't find that out after you're in contract i love what you said be about unprotect yourself because that shows that using a good real estate agent is insurance yes it, it, it's another form of insurance Yep, you're correct. I don't know why the word insurance keeps popping up in my head. Today. You know, one thing I do want to mention is that that's one of the reasons it's super critical to try and work with local um, representatives here, local realtors, local insurance companies. A local realtor, for the most part, a lot of them are born and raised here and they live here. They know the properties. They know what the risks involved are. They know the communities. And if they're representing you as a buyer, they're going to be able to help you a lot more than if you're dealing with somebody that's, 300 miles away that is not familiar with this county and the certain different areas, you know, potential different tax areas and things of that nature. So local is good. There's an accountability factor there too. Probably run into them at the gas station or the grocery store if they're local. So they better be clear with you. Correct. Uh, yeah. If they're 300 miles away. They'll run into you later. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, all right. Uh, Moy, in reading the title insurance policy, wh what's the most important things to a buyer or seller? So unlike some of the other policies, our policy is going to come to you after you close escrow. So that might be a little too late at that point. What you as a consumer are going to be looking at is the preliminary title report. Preliminary title report. Sometimes they call it the prelim for short. And uh, that's going to tell you what is currently on the property before you actually close escrow. Again, a good reason to always be represented by a real estate agent and a broker is because you're going to get the professionalism. They know how to read these reports. They know what to look for, what's in there, what shouldn't be in there. Uh, some of the things as a consumer that you're going to be looking for is, um, is there an HOA? Do you have HOA dues that you have to pay? You may have a specific hobby that the HOA may not allow in your neighborhood. If you like to work on cars in your garage and that's prohibited through the homeowners association, uh, you want to read what they call the covenants, conditions, and restrictions. Those are imposed by the developer for the sake of maintaining property values in the area. And a lot, some are pretty generic in the sense, but others have very specific um, conditions on them. So as a consumer, you, you want to make sure you know what those are. Uh, you know, that's probably one of the biggest things. If there's solar on the property, you want to know what your responsibility on that is. Is it paid? Are you going, are you going to have to assume a contract? Are you going to have monthly payments that are going to add to your bottom line as far as your monthly expenses? So those are some of the things that you're going to look at at the preliminary title report before the close of escrow. So if a solar, solar panels are... Um paid for and owned it won't be on the prelim is that it, correct it'll probably still be on the prelim it depends in different cases because you still have to have a contract for the most part you're still contracting with somebody to maintain that um so typically there's two there's one of two documents that could be recorded on the title report one is the solar agreement with a solar company and the other could be a financing they call it a ucc which is a financing statement and if you have both of those, that means you've got a contract, plus you've got some financing on there that'll probably need to be taken care of before close of escrow. 
All right. Madonna, what, what are the important things on a homeowner's insurance policy that they should be really focusing on? Um, so if you're in the beginning of the process, it would be a home insurance quote that gives you an outline of exactly what the home insurance is covering you for. Um, there's three different coverages, coverage A through coverage E to F. Pretty much this just tells you all the details of exactly what the home insurance is covering you for. Um, but usually most insurance companies, 30 days before your policy renews, we send you the declaration page. A declaration page, I wish, it's really easy to look at. I know some companies send you big folders, but the declaration page is actually, should be only one or two pages of the actual coverage. I recommend all clients, when you get a quote, like I can't, just as how you guys explained it, to talk to a local agent, because I'm born and raised in Fresno, lived in the Valley my whole life, went to college in Fresno, I'm gonna probably die in Fresno. <laughs> so um, I think that it's great to come to a lo local agent to let you know about the area, what you're purchasing in. A lot of people are always relocating. Um, so looking at your declaration page, also if you're buying a rental property, knowing what your rental property, the coverage you have for the coverage of the home, making sure you have liability, you don't know who the tenant's inviting over. So just, invite, just making sure you get your declaration page, get a quote and review it with your agent. Is that All right. great? Well, thank you. And I want to thank our listeners today, too, for tuning in. Hopefully you learned as much about insurance as I did today. Uh, and insurance also being using a good real estate agent. So um, thank you to all our, our listeners. We'll be back again next week. So uh, we'll talk to you then. Thank you.